honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets, and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table, cast on skillets, good and hot, watch it steam and crack and pop, cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Good morning, and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our community who produce, preserve, and prepare our regional foods. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. That cute little theme song you just heard was performed and arranged by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's gotten to be very popular, and she's even sung on the Grand Old Opry. We're really proud of this young woman, and even more proud to say that she's from Monroe County, Tennessee. Markets that are still hanging on, and a good gospel number from Mr. Bill Monroe. Thank you so much for tuning in, either on your radio dial, or your computer, or your smartphone, or however you're tuning in with us today. I am proud, proud, proud to have your good company. Now let's get started. Say hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with me? And now let's hear from our friend Mary Constantine, food writer for the Knoxville New Sentinel. In my years of interviewing people for the Knoxville New Sentinel, Shirley McMurtry is one of the most unique women I've ever featured. The Union County resident would spend each fall collecting, cracking, and canning walnuts. Her process was cyclical, with this year's harvest being removed from its green husk and then stored in a dry area in her basement until the following fall. That's when she would remove them from their shell and can them. She said the nuts always tasted better after curing in the shell for a year. Her basement was set up for the task of cracking with rubber gloves to protect her hands, a hammer, and a narrow gauge railroad railing that she used as a base. Once the meats were removed from the nuts, she would take them upstairs to her kitchen and can them using a dry method of preservation. She explained it like this. Pour the nut meats onto a table and pick over them, removing any crumbs and bits of shell. Place approximately two cups at a time into a large colander. Shake well to remove any remaining bits of shell, but do not wash the nut meats, she would say. 
wash and dry the pint jars and never ever use anything larger than pint as the heat from a larger jar could affect the flavor of the nut. Add the nut meats into the jar up to the shoulder. Do not shake to compact the nuts. Cover with a lid and tighten just until snug. Be careful not to over tighten. If the lid is too loose, it won't seal properly. If the lid is too tight, it won't seal properly. Place the jars on a rack in the center of the oven, leaving at least two inches between each jar. Turn the oven on to 250 degrees and bake for one hour. The jars and nuts will sterilize during baking. Remove from the oven and you'll find beads of moisture that have formed on the inside of the jar. Shirley said that's okay. The nuts will absorb the moisture as they cool. Turn the jars upside down, place them in a dark, draft-free place, and store until you're ready to use. Walnut candy is one of Shirley's family's favorite dishes, and she said she'd been known to make up to 75 pounds during the holiday season. She shared that recipe as well. It calls for six cups of granulated sugar, two cups of evaporated milk, one tablespoon light corn syrup, one-fourth teaspoon soda, one-half cup margarine, one teaspoon vanilla, and two cups of black walnuts coarsely chopped. To begin, place two cups of sugar in a heavy skillet and begin to caramelize. While the sugar is melting, add four cups of sugar, evaporated milk, and syrup in a saucepan and bring to a bowl. Pour the caramelized sugar into the saucepan and stir constantly. Cook, stirring frequently, until the temperature is 245 degrees. That's a firm ball stage. Remove from heat and immediately add soda to the mixture and stir vigorously as it foams. Add margarine and stir only until melted. Then let the mixture cool for 20 minutes. After the mixture is cool, add vanilla and beat until thick and creamy. Add the chopped black walnuts and pour into a 9 by 13 inch pan. Store in an air container. Shirley said this yields approximately 4 pounds of candy. This is Mary Constantine with the Tennessee Farm Table. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes in part from Magpie's Bakery in downtown North Knoxville, just one block north of Broadway on North Central Street, and Magpie's West at the Village Exchange Shopping Center, just east of Calhoun's on Bearden Hill. Magpie's Bakery can accommodate most budgets and styles with a full selection of ready-made designs, or they can create custom designs for your special event. Magpie's is in full swing of holiday orders with piled high apple pie, Hazel's pumpkin pie, pumpkin cheesecake, old-fashioned apple stack cake, chocolate flourless torte, sour cream pecan streusel coffee cake, and new this year, the almond joyous pie. Always a full line of festive cookies and cupcakes. Special early hours for Thanksgiving pickup at magpiescakes.com. Since 1992, Magpie's Cakes. All butter, all the time.
Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes to you in part by Kenner Tree Care. Family owned and operated out of Louisville, Tennessee. Kenner Tree Care is proud to support this type of local community broadcasting. A certified arborist insured for your protection, offering removal of dead or problem trees, tree pruning, storm emergencies, tree care, soil conditioning, and tree and stump removal. Contact Kenner Tree Care by phone at 865-686-8344 or by Facebook. Kenner Tree Care. Tree Care, Nature's Play. Now last week, I ran this story about my friend Beverly and her mother, Peggy Sue Sykes's Thanksgiving dressing recipe, and we had a little confusion in the studio and all, so I've had a lot of people ask me if I'd run this again. So let's hear from Beverly Nails and her mother's recipe, Peggy Sue Sykes from Lenox, Tennessee's Thanksgiving dressing recipe. So you told me before... Thanksgiving is not Thanksgiving unless your mama brought that dressing. Mm-hmm. And now you're the one bringing the dressing, is that right? This is true. I, we haven't made everything definitive for this year's Thanksgiving, but uh, my sister told me recently that my nephew from Florida is going to be giving me a call. Oh, oh <laughs> Because gotcha. we tried to order it last year and, and make it easy for everyone, mm-hmm. and it was terrible. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. She said, so Bronson will be calling me for... A request. <laughs> a request for that dressing. Yes, absolutely. He, I have to make extra so he can take some home Aww. to Florida. That's wonderful. <laughs> no. How did you learn how to make this dressing? Well, there were two influential ladies in my life, and one was my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, and she raised nine boys. So she taught me a lot, and she also helped teach my mom a lot about cooking because mom's own mother did not cook much. My grandfather did. My grandmother taught mom a lot, and then mom was just such a quick learner that she learned a lot, and she always added, too, mom didn't have recipes. She could cook anything without a recipe, and she would just do it. And so I watched her from the time I was in college. I was the daughter of three. She had three girls. I was the one daughter that was at home, I was the youngest, and so I started helping her every single year because it's not Christmas without Mama's dressing either. Oh, not really? just Thanksgiving. It's not Christmas without Mama's dressing either. Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> so you just were in that kitchen learning from her. Yes, I watched her. I was her like, almost like her little prep chef. I bet. I would cut up all the different things, and mm-hmm. and then you know my daughter went on and and started helping when she we, we used to have to put a cooler up against the counter so that she could stand on it and she could do stuff too Aww. and she would she would tear up the bread and the cornbread and stuff Aww. from the time she was probably i don't know seven. Oh, that's so good mm-hmm. it was sweet it was good memories mm-hmm. it really was what does this dressing taste like fabulous <laughs> <laughs> Well, shame on me for asking. <laughs> That's right. It's not Thanksgiving or Christmas without Mama's dressing. People come from Florida for this stuff. <laughs> oh, it must be some kind of dressing. Well, it's just it's a, it is a cornbread based dressing, and um, 
it's not dry and it's not lumpy so it's not stuffing it's it is full dressing and it's not dry Mm -hmm. that's the most wonderful part and it's just about I don't know it just it just tastes wonderful and it has a lot of lots of sage lots of it has to be McCormick's sage and um, mm-hmm. that's what I, she always said. You got to have McCormick sage. So we have, and you have a lot of sage in it, and it's got a good, fair amount of pepper in it. Okay. And um, salt to taste, but it's mm-hmm. the broth. Ah, I gotcha. Too. What are the ingredients? Well, per pan of dressing, and that's like a nine by thirteen because we make again. You might. Mom would probably make six of those mm. because everybody had to take some home. <laughs> you just didn't have it for the meal. You had to take some home in the care package. Oh. So it had you cook the celery and, and onions um, in olive oil or butter or whatever, and and that you have those that are sautéed and they're in there. There's broth in there. There's cornbread. There's toast. Eggs. Lots of sage, broth, and salt and pepper. There's certain things. I mean, you have to toast the bread okay. the day before and leave it out to dry. And, you know, it makes it dry out a lot more. But plus it gives it, I guess, a little bit of color because it's just plain white bread. And then you do your cornbread the day before. Mm-hmm. But you have to wrap it up to keep it moist so it won't dry out too much. <laughs> and... um the broth, Mom always says, you just pick the fattiest chickens you can find, and she made her own broth, and I cheat with that a lot of times. I, do, I actually do get stock. I do both, depending, you know. Yeah. Um, per pan of dressing, that 9 by 13, okay? Mm-hmm. It is, I had to write this down because Mama just really didn't have a recipe, so I started doing this to leave this legacy for my daughter. I'm glad. It's like a cup and a half of the celery and onions that are sauteed and I also cook those in a little bit of broth along with the olive oil okay and you're talking about chicken broth yes okay and then an iron skillet Mm. of cornbread okay and then there's five or six slices of toast that had white toast that has laid out for a day because you did the day before and then you have about eight cups of broth that's going to go with that oh okay yeah. All right, because mm-hmm. it soaks it up, and there is two and a half to three tablespoons of sage, so it is pretty. It's pretty sagey. Now you salt and pepper to taste, but the broth. And when if I don't make my own broth, mm-hmm. I use two chicken, two turkey, one vegetable, and then a couple of pitchers of water, and that is. Mm-hmm. It's pretty it's pretty rich mm-hmm. and that's what I use as my broth. So you put all that with one pound of cornbread and five things of or is that for a big jumbo batch? Oh that oh girl, I, I do so many that's just that's just a those are the big ones too. Uh-huh. I do several of those. Oh, gotcha. Several because um uh-huh. but it comes up to about eight cups of that mixture mm-hmm. for a nine by thirteen. And per, you know, skillet of cornbread and in the few slices of toast. Okay. Um, mm. and, and the one and a half cups of the vegetables in there. But, you know, there's there's a few things that you have to do. And um, then there's also three eggs that you put in that. But it's after you've tasted it and got your sage and your salt and your pepper right because the eggs are all right. 
I put, I put the celery and the onions, the broth, crumble up all the cornbread, crumble up all the toast, and that warm broth will disintegrate all of that breading and just make it. And you do it about a little bit, a little bit of like the thickness of cornbread mm-hmm. if you were making it. Okay. Make sure, then you put your sage, your salt and pepper in there. Then you taste it. And you can't brush your teeth before you taste it. <laughs> so you've got to do this in the morning time before you brush your teeth because it's going to taste, it's going to get the sage off. It's so funny. It is. It's a good tidbit. So once you get that right, then you put in, mix in three eggs, and um, and then you bake it at 350 for about an hour. Okay. Until it doesn't jiggle in the middle, but it's not dry. Okay, after you cook your dressing, and it's been in there about an hour, and it doesn't jiggle in the middle anymore, you put it in the broiler for just a few minutes because it gets it all toasty and a little bit of crunchiness on the top. And you're all and my nine by thirteen dishes are always glass, so it gets it that little toastiness around the edges too. That's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you, I love that little part too. I'd be dishing that out the spoon. It's always my part. <laughs> they know I always want the little crunchy edges. <laughs> oh, Oh boy, that sounds good. And then the broth, the, the gravy. Oh yes. Now tell me how you do that. You take the giblets from the turkey, mm-hmm. and um, you also have your chicken broth, mm-hmm. and then you you boil that, and you boil some eggs, and add that to it, and also you take a cup of that raw dressing. Uh-huh. Before you put the eggs in it, you put, uh, set aside some for your for your gravy. And you put that in your gravy also. Ooh, that makes it kind of just really a, a kind of taste twin of that dressing. It does. It mm. gives, and it's a thickening agent too because you've got that bread in there, so it's a thickening agent. That's a good now, idea. sometimes you have to add a little bit of thickening agent to it, depending on if you get too much broth or whatever. But you know, we'll put either potato flakes or mix up the flour in the water and start and make the starchy stuff out of it. Okay. But. So you always have to save some of your dressing before you put the eggs in it so you can put it in your gravy. Love that. (laughs) And the main thing is when you make it, you cannot brush your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) And would you tell people what you do for a living? I'm a dental hygienist. (laughs) So that's really bad. (laughs) But... It will alter the taste of the sage and all, and you've got to get that sage in there. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's a good tidbit. How about it? I don't know. Mom said it was got, that's the cardinal rule of rent making this dressing. <laughs> you can't brush your teeth while you're while you're making it that morning. Mm-hmm. Now, Mom always did the turkey, and that was what she also added to this broth a lot of times, is that she would always rub the inside of her turkey with butter and stuff it with vegetables mm-hmm. and put it in one of the big baking bags, okay? You know, mm-hmm. the plastic bags. Mm-hmm. And after that was finished, she would take all of those drippings, and she would also add that to the broth. Ooh. And it was, that makes it even richer, you know? Mm. I shortcut it because I don't do the turkey and the dressing both for all of it. So mm-hmm. I have to do the shortcuts and use the chicken stock mix and all that, but and turkey and chicken and mm-hmm. vegetable mix of that stock. But if you really do it right, that's how you do it. Well, the thing is, is uh, you work 
like crazy and most people listening work like crazy so it's good to know the the old style way the Mm -hmm. but it's also good to have shortcuts right so dissolve all your bread really well don't brush your teeth and use a lot of sage well all right (laughs) goodness gracious thank you so much for doing this so much i i'm very honored that we can uh, we can Now here are a few things that are going on in our community that are agricultural in nature. I've compiled a list in closing dates of our area farmers markets in and around Knoxville. So here we go. The Market Square Farmers Market in downtown Knoxville will run Wednesdays and Saturdays until November 19th. There's a new winter farmers market In Oak Ridge, Tennessee, it begins December 3rd every Saturday from 10 o'clock until 1 p.m. They're still accepting vendors at growoakridge.org. EastTNFarmMarkets.org runs three different markets located in Oak Ridge, Lakeshore Park, and Ebenezer Road. Now, all three of these markets run until the last weekend of November. And here are the particulars. The Lakeshore Park Farmer's Market in the Bearden area is every Friday from 3 until 6 through October. In November, they will be open Friday from 2 until 5. Ebenezer Road Farmer's Markets, that's in West Knoxville, will open through the last weekend of November every Tuesday from 3 until 6 p.m. The Oak Ridge Farmer's Market, located in historic Jackson Square, is open Saturdays 8 a.m. until 12 and Wednesdays 3 p.m. until sellout until the last weekend of November. Marble Springs State Historic Site will host candle-making workshop starting at 11 a.m. Saturday, December the 3rd. This hands-on workshop will teach visitors about lighting sources of the 18th century. Participants will get to make their own beeswax candle by the open hearth. Packing lunch is recommended. Reservations are required and space is limited to 20 participants. There is an enrollment fee to cover cost of materials. For more information, 865-573-5508 or visit marblesprings.net. All activities take place at the Marble Springs State Historic Site at 1220 West Governor John Sevier Highway, Knoxville. Marble Springs State Historic Site is the last remaining home of John Sevier. A complete list of all these markets and events at TennesseeFarmTable.com under the link that says Listen to the Show. Thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. Hope you can join us again right back here next Saturday at 9 a.m. on the radio dial at WDVX.com out in Knoxville or anytime on our podcast, TennesseeFarmTable.com. Next week, I've assembled a beautiful collection of bluegrass and acoustic music for you and your family on Thanksgiving weekend. Our theme song was written by myself and sung, arranged, and performed by Emmy Sunshine of East Tennessee. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That is spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We hope you'll reach out and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and also our podcast on TennesseeFarmTable.com. And please tell your friends about us. 
We want to say thank you to WDVX Radio out of Knoxville, Tennessee. They are a true community-supported radio station that does not receive funding from universities or government agencies. The community and businesses support WDVX. Through an agreement with WDVX, they are our media partner, and the Tennessee Farm Table Show is a broadcast on that station every Saturday at 9 a.m. If you appreciate this kind of community broadcasting in a real community radio station, won't you please consider a tax-deductible donation to WDVX Radio by phone at 865-544-1029 or online pledging at WDVX.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.